Welcome to the, the Youth, youth ministry, ministry in Motion podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What is going on, youth workers? So glad to be with you today. I hope that your hands are clean and you've been not touching your face. Uh, but I also hope that your Zoom meetings have been going well. Uh, maybe even, well, they're probably on par. They're probably on par with my Zoom interview meetings because there's, you know, internet problems and things like that. And so I want to let you know ahead of time uh, that I have edited this uh, interview best I can because you can hear in there some of the, uh, maybe some crackling, where the internet goes in or out, that kind of thing. And so I want to encourage you to keep listening because I have edited uh, fairly well and I think it'll be an enjoyable listening experience for you. My discussion today is with my good friend, Terry Weaver. Now, Terry Weaver is an author. He's a speaker. He has been in youth ministry a long time, and uh, he works currently with all facets of uh, folks. He coaches youth workers. He coaches entrepreneurs. He puts on big events like The Thing uh, in Orlando, and he has stopped by the podcast to drop some wisdom on us as we talk about not what's next, but who's next, and that's the deal. Everybody's asking what's next, and that is a difficult subject because we don't know what form youth ministry is going to take post-pandemic. But what we do know is Scripture is clear about who's next, where our focus should be. It's not about program dynamics. It's about people. And that's what we really dive into today. Before I jump into the interview with Terry, I want to let you know about something brand new that I have started. And it is my new Patreon page for podcast listeners only. I have started a um, patron for that, and for $5, listen, for $5, you can become a motion maverick. Now, what is a motion maverick? That is a person such as yourself that is listening to this says, look, Paul, I think about youth ministry a little bit differently. I tend to be a maverick. I tend to be somebody who just sees things differently than the leadership around me or even what the world is doing around me or what other youth ministries are doing around me. I see things differently. And I listen to your podcast because I enjoy your take on youth ministry. I enjoy your take on the way you see things. And I want to be a deeper part of that. So on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Paul Turner, you can pledge $5 a month to become a motion maverick. And what you get for that is this. Uh, you, your suggestions for the show, uh, any ideas you may have, are considered first. There's also going to be some special deep dive episodes where I do a post-mortem, uh, if you will, on the episode and maybe share some things that I did not get to share in the podcast for the sake of time. There will be patron shout-outs on the show. And I have built a Facebook group just for the Motion Mavericks, just for those people who pledge, who just said, look, for $5 a month, Paul, I want to be in on the discussion. I want to share some ideas. I want to, I want to be able to uh, get a little deeper into this thing and have real discussions about the topics you're talking about. Whereas maybe in other Facebook groups you may be a part of, or uh, pages, where uh, the topics are all kind of random and they're all over the place. And it becomes a bit of a, uh, a dumpster fire sometimes. And I want to be able to direct that conversation. I want to focus in 
on the topics we're talking about and the topics we should be talking about. And I want your voice as a part of that. So if you will go over to patreon.com slash Paul Turner, pledge your $5 and then go to Facebook and say, look, I want to join. Just look up Youth Ministry Mavericks, Youth Ministry Emotion Mavericks. Look that up and then join. And it'll ask you a question. Have you joined? You'll say yes. And then I will admit you into the group. And then we are going to have a ton of fun. We're going to do some special things just for you guys that uh, I'm not doing anywhere else. So I want you to be a part. So if you consider yourself a youth ministry maverick, I'm going to ask you to join the Motion Mavericks at patreon.com slash Paul Turner. And I look forward to your support. It's going to help do a lot of things. It's going to help uh, buy more equipment, even like this new microphone that I'm talking on to you right now. I hope that you are enjoying the sound. And that is it, guys. I look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. And I hope that you enjoy today's interview with Terry Weaver. All right, everybody. I'm glad to have you with me uh, here on the podcast. And those of you that are watching via YouTube, uh, appreciate your attention today. Uh, today, I have a fantastic guest, uh, Mr. Terry Weaver. Mr. Terry Weaver, first time on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Man, I didn't know this was a YouTube thing. I might have dressed up a little more. <laughs> well, you, my, listen, uh... listen. This is like the every week YouTube attire. Our audience... Youth workers right now yeah. are still in there. We're look at the very least, and you don't, you're not in your pajamas. At least you don't know if I'm in my pajamas or not. Well, um, I'm not in my pajamas from the waist up. Let's <laughs> let's right. be real. Well, I'm wearing right. full disclosure. I'm wearing uh, not to match the shirt or anything, but I am wearing my my uh, Star Wars uh, dorm pants. My you know because well, yeah during during this season everybody could use a good elastic waist. Uh, Absolutely. There's no question. And I'm not as daring as, let's say, John Krasinski on his, uh, his yeah. uh, more good, uh, you know, some good news uh, show that he does. And, you know, he gets up and leaves and you don't know what he's wearing. And uh, <laughs> so there'll be none of that going on. So YouTube, be thankful for that, uh, that you're not going to say any of that. But I, uh, I have uh, Terry on today. Uh, Terry is um, an author. He's a speaker. He's a coach. He does a lot of things. And I thought he was the, you know, the perfect person to talk about this. Terry, you've worked uh, in all facets. You've worked with entrepreneurs. You've worked with youth pastors. You've worked with churches. Tell us a little bit about uh, kind of your history with youth ministry. Man, I've been doing youth ministry since I was a youth myself. Um, I had a, a church upbringing. I grew up in a pretty conservative church but that really believed in leadership at a young age. And uh, they knew that I had a gift for communication. So pretty much at like 14, our church had a huge, this was back in the day in, in, in the, in the early nineties, we had a huge bus ministry. And so we were, our church was bringing over a thousand kids to church every Sunday. Wow. Um, from that we, I grew up in the DC area. So we were, you know, we were bringing kids out of Arlington and, um, Alexandria and all, and all over the, sure. you know, the greater DC area. Yeah. And we were bringing them to church. So, you know, there was about 200 teenagers that came out of that and then about seven or 800 um, young people, some kids ministry. So I rotated pretty regularly at 13 between speaking to the two of them. And so, you know, people, I was like, how do you become a good communicator? Well, well at 13 when you're <laughs> not good at anything, right? Like, but you know, like I, I think, all of us get to do the things we get to do because somebody believed in us along the way. Somebody like, like saw our spark and threw gasoline on it. Yeah. And you know, we're, 
we're, we're, we're all grateful for those people in life. And, you know, I think that's the, I think even as we're thinking about this season right now, you know, we need to be looking for the people that are next. We need to be looking for the people um, that are going to, you know, as I look over kind of the culture of youth ministry and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm probably the least active in student ministry that I've been in any season of my life. Yeah. Um, but although I'm, I'm deeply involved with tons of youth pastors, um, not even really intentionally, just because they're people I've known. And I, you know, I started, I started speaking professionally to teenagers right at 18 uh, on a pretty regular basis. I started doing the old D now circuit sure. um, in college right away. And I didn't, you know, I did a D now and I was like, I remember going to my first one to speak and I was like, can somebody tell me what a D now is? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just showing up to speak. I don't even know what this event is. Right. Like I had never heard that. And, and if you're like a church of God person or assemblies of God person, you're probably listening to one. I don't know what that is. And if you're a Southern, if you're a Southern Baptist, man, you've got the, you've got the t-shirt to prove that you've been to a D now before. And uh, it's kind of like a poor man's way of doing, um, of doing a camp which actually, you know, when you think about a model that may be effective, you know, smaller groups and homes may be, you know, one of the ways that we're able to, to, to pivot and serve. One of the things that seasons like we're in right now, you're going to see a lot of this across a lot of things is nothing new is really happening right now. Right. The, this, the, the circumstances are different, but the, process isn't new. I think what you said earlier was, was interesting is that, that when you were uh, younger, you had leaders thinking about who was next, right? And right. what's next. And I think that's such an important quality. I think there's a lot of youth workers listening and watching who are saying, who are asking what's next, and maybe they should be asking who's next. Right. They should be asking maybe who in my youth ministry who in my leadership, uh, because, uh, you know, is next in, in what is next, right? It's maybe who before what. It's like what is being revealed during this time that is starting to um, stir the waters in ministry. Mm-hmm. Because, I, 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 and, you know, those of you that are asking the question, uh, you're, you're, I know there's many of you that are asking, you know, I just can't wait to get back to normal. And my heart for youth ministry and church is, my Lord, please don't go back to normal. Please, whatever normal was, let's let's not let's not. I mean, look, I, I understand the first week, but but hopefully, whatever is happening right now in your church and your youth ministry has revealed some things, not just about program, but has revealed something about your own heart uh, as to how you reach out to students and how you do ministry, and all those things has revealed something. Um, not about what, but about who, about yourself and about people you serve. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on, on that in the sense of, um, and, you know, talk about pivoting, right? Because you have to, we're, we pivoted from this season, we pivoted from face-to-face to Zoom, to Facebook Live, to much more social media, to, to all those things. What are you sensing, even in the communities you serve, both the church and, and entrepreneurs and things like that? Where do you, what, what, are, what can our listeners and our viewers take away in the sense of pivoting and saying, I don't know, it, there's a lot of questions like, I don't know which way to pivot 
or where is this leading? Or can we just get our first youth meeting under our belt? Uh, not getting, to, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Or, and some are just lost in the weeds and have no idea what everything looks like. And nobody does, I don't think, has a clear picture of that. But what would you recommend to people who are in that boat that says, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know which way I'm going. Well, I think one of the, one of the realities I've had, and it's a conversation that um, one of kind of the last really big ministry things I did, I was asked to speak at Wheaton College at the Billy Graham Center for Evangelism. Um, and, you know, the backstage area that I was hanging out before I was about to take the stage hmm. um, was Billy's pulpit. And, you know, and I got to just stand there for a minute in that and just kind of think about, like, what all had happened there. Um, and, and one of the things, and there was a lot of, um, Eric Samuel Tim was there and Ronnie Floyd was there. Um, and, um, and lots of, lots of other just young leaders in the church mm -hmm. and Jefferson Bethke. And one of the things that I kind of said to the group that, 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 that I think is even more true now than it was true then is that as I look at kind of the, my, you know, having been doing this, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid forties now and have been doing legitimately full-time, like my first youth pastor job, I was 18. I had a, I had a, two students older than me in my youth group, um, by a couple of months, mm -hmm. um, when I was at, at, you know, Memorial Baptist church in Alexandria, Virginia. I mean, I grabbed a, I grabbed a, uh, there was a post-it note on the bulletin board at our campus ministry and I took the gig. Oh, wow. But, uh, it was like a hundred bucks a week. I'm so in. Um, <laughs> pizza money. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was back. That was back when Taco Bell was a thing in college. And oh, there you go. That, that, that was that was back when you could do Taco Bell and live to tell about it the next day. Yes, the show is not a, the Taco Bell is not a sponsor of the show, but Taco Bell, if you're listening, if you're listening, we'd like some Mexican pizzas. That's my that's my jam at Taco Bell. That's that's all you got to do to sponsor the show is just deliver deliver that, and we'll mention your name a hundred times. <laughs> So, you know, kind of as I've looked at my, like, in this season of life, one of the things I've probably been asked to do, probably an uncomfortable amount for me, just because I don't feel like where it's where God's called me to be, is I've had several people say, you know, ask me the question, why don't you plant a church? Hmm. You know, and, and the fact that I live in the South and people say you should plant a church there is always just sort of like, uh, that always feels like the gas station for me. It's like, <laughs> there's an Exxon, a Shell, there's a Walmart has the Murphy thingy, and then there's like, some local company. So there's four right there in the corner. Do you really need me to, yeah, you'd be a different. And I was like, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> but one of the things I always kind of look at is, especially as we're doing this, uh, as this Michael Jordan documentary that's on ESPN is, is, is huge in our culture right now. And it's the only sports that's actually, we can actually watch. Um, the last, the last dance for those that are wondering, it's the last, the last dance. dance. And uh, one of the, one of the things that I've done is like taking an evaluation of like, okay, so if I were to do that, who would my dream team be? Mm. And um, my shocking reality every time I have that conversation um, is that every one of those people that I would put on my dream team are, are, are living in a post-ministry world. Hmm. They are entrepreneurs. They're, they're authors. They're chaplains in, in the military. They're, um, you know, one of them is in Iraq right now, you know, one of them is teaches songwriting in a college, you know, like they're like my dream team and they've all kind of moved, you know, past the church. Um, not that they've left, none of them have left the faith. 
Right. And in fact, they're probably all rooted deeper. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I think there's been, there's been a, there's been a storm coming for a while. Yeah. In, into the church of, you know, I, I'm talking a little bit about my business hat, but it really applies to that question that you asked in the beginning that you, that you go with like, who's next is when you look at like any, anything that you want to see continue, you've got to look at like future talent. You know, you've got to look at like, who's going to take this over when we're done. Yeah. Like, cause getting us getting through this season as a leader, if you're listening and that's your gig, man, and you're a youth pastor and you've got students that you report to, and you've got an elder board that you report to and a pastor that you report to. And you know, you're going to be called into budget meetings and deal with things that are, it may not be above your pay grade, but they're definitely not on your list of things that you're really passionate about. I don't think there's anybody that wants to sit through a budget meeting. And I guess my, my, like the thing I'm always the most I'm asking, and I know, I know you well, man. And I know your passions is I want to, I want to know that two things are going on in student ministry. Um, and I think maybe these are the things we should be asking ourselves. Um, it, you know, is, is, is that idea, are we making him known? And are we giving a, a place for kids to come to know him? Yeah. Is, you know, the two things that I think the church is here for, we're here to, to, to make disciples and to, to, um, to invite people who were, who were outside the church. And man, yeah. you know, as, 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 as one of my, as one of my heroes for sure, you know, Mike Iaconelli has said, I've definitely been fired for the glory of God. <laughs> right. I've definitely been fired. I was fired from Lake Ridge Baptist church if you're listening in Lake Ridge, Virginia, because the, they, they, I was brought on as the interim. You, you sure. know you suck when they fire you as the interim. Yeah. They didn't like the culture of skater kids in the parking lot. How dare and they? They didn't, like, they didn't like the idea. Dude, I was a young 22-year-old, uh, young 21-year-old young sure. kid, and I was like flat out. You know, I remember one night they came in and said, hey, man, we're, we, have a, we have a real problem with the, you know, the kids smoking in the parking lot on Wednesday nights. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, it's the pastor and a couple of the deacons. Right. And I'm looking like, well, no one's upset that y'all are out in the parking lot smoking. You know, the deacons. <laughs> you know, and so, like, I quickly learned at that fa phase of my life that my, my gift was to go to places and tell the truth. And that's not always a place. That's, that's not, not a recipe. A good way to keep a job. But that's, not no, a that's not a recipe for, for keeping your job is uh, telling the truth. And I found but, that out as well. So you, you found that out, I'm sure, as well. Yeah. But, man, you talk about pivot and who's next. You know, I think we spend far too little time um, developing leaders. And as states begin to open, you know, you can meet at coffee houses, you know, so, some states, depending on your state, mm -hmm. you can meet on the front porch at Starbucks and sit six feet and yell at each other. But you can still pour into leaders and raise up the next generation of, of youth workers and of, and of student leaders. And if you're listening to this show or watching us on YouTube, at some point, God broke your heart for something. Yeah. And, you know, I think I remember in Atlanta, 1996, pastors, promise keepers were all happening there. Right. Um, and my friend, Joel Reynolds, who I mentioned, actually, he's a chaplain in the army. Um, he's in Iraq right now. Um, you know, we went down for there, but I'll never forget um, Dr. Tony Evans message. Yeah. And he spoke about the burning bush. And about how God brings us to places to get recalled. And, you know, I think now's a good season to evaluate your calling and ask what that is. And, 
you know, something I've learned um, that I didn't really believe was possible. Um, I had a hard, I had a hard time fitting at my theology as a trained evangelist or, you mm-hmm. know, someone who like that was their gig that, that God doesn't need an altar call to, to do his work. Right. I've seen him move in ment- mentoring meetings and at, at conferences and over long haul relationships. And I think one of the things that I think is going to be the future trend in student ministry is so much of youth ministry from, you know, the days of Yaconelli even and through, through now has been about like quick. It's been, we've wanted to see like fast things happen. That was how we gauged our success. You know, we had seven kids come to know Christ or we had this happen. Yeah. And it was always about like in the moment data, but like life change is a, is a, a, um, the metamorphosis is a slow process. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I love the metrics of of saying, "Oh, okay, we can report now because to our pastors, whoever and says, hey, uh, you're, you know, we had five people receive Christ and come to the altar.' Uh, it was very physical. It was very demonstrative. And the metrics and and my hope is for those that are listening and watching and saying, look, what are the new metrics? What are the new metrics of re- of saying where we're seeing growth? Where are we seeing?" kids come to Christ and it may, it may not, it, it, it's obviously not a, a, a thing where you're doing an altar call and people coming forward and everything's a small group at this point, you know, unless you're, unless you have some, you know, a thousand kids on zoom or, or whatever you may be doing, you know, but you make such a great point there of, of looking at the new measurements. Of Which I can't even, it's a braver man than I, <laughs> I can't imagine a thousand kids on zoom being a good idea. <laughs> no, it's probably not. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are people trying to achieve that. Uh, uh, but a lot of the effective ministry that's going on now is, you know, you, and you have, a, and what I'm hearing too from youth pastors is, is that, you know, as easy as it is to click on a link and be a part of a zoom kids still find excuses not to show up for that. So it's not ease of coming to the meeting, right? That's, and that's the hope is that, uh, that students and youth pastors uh, and youth workers are reevaluating, you know, and saying, look, they didn't, we can make excuses for a kid who says, well, they have homework and they can't go out and they don't drive. Well, listen, if they're not showing up for your Zoom meeting, that, that reveals a whole nother thing. You know, if they can't click the button to be a part of the meeting, to be a part of growth, then you have to say, well, what, what is required then? I just talked with a, with a youth worker who I'm coaching and says, look, you need to go ahead and challenge your students beyond. You could do student leaders. You used to be able to say, hey, listen, I need you to help facilitate the program tonight, right? There's 10 things I need you to do. Now, you can still do that in Zoom and things like that. Well, you're going to read a scripture and you're going to do a thing, whatever you're going to do. But but what I'm also seeing, and what I told this, uh, this youth worker says, look, you need to challenge these kids, especially your leadership team, to lead beyond the program, to say, look, I'm not asking you, this isn't about the youth ministry. This is about you. This is about how you're growing in your individual time based on your time, gifts, and talents, and you're growing beyond the youth program, that the youth program is no longer the facilitator of giving you a task. This is about the process of you taking what you have and what you know and expressing it to the world, whether that's through art, whether that's through 
you know, making graphics every day on Instagram, whether that's uh, doing a live video where you're leading worship on your guitar and you're not just leading worship for youth group, you're, you're embodying the things that we've taught you to, to release to your peers. It's not just about facilitation of the program. It's about facilitation of your faith in all your many platforms, whatever platform you choose to, to do that on. And so I've been encouraging them to have five day challenges, right? Short mm -hmm. incremental challenge pieces where they say, listen, student leaders, I need you for the next five days to do this. Cause this isn't about the program. This is about preparing yourself for the world and for your own faith. And yes, at some point we're going to get back together and we want to see you grow through this time so that you don't come back into the youth ministry or into the, the general meeting the way you left it. Though, you know, from that day that we did not have youth group anymore to now, are you the same person? You know, what, what, are, you, what are you valuing right now? And the goal is that you grow during this time versus waiting for something to get back to normal. And I think maybe that's where youth workers need to focus and concentrate on that who's next principle because I think that's going to reveal something when you do get back, that if your youth group is the same as when you got back, then there was no growth and there was no challenge and there was no introspective uh, or, or uh, challenges to live beyond the group, which is what every youth worker challenges kids to do, to live out your faith every day. So uh, yeah, I hope, hope that's the case. I hope the new metrics, I hope there's new measurements. I hope there's new, those kinds of new things. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to hurt some feelings, but I'm going to say it. Say it. One of the conversations I've had with a lot of pastor friends is the promise in Scripture says that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Yeah. And that's a promise that a lot of us in, in, in the ministry world have hung on to. But in reality, I think what a lot of us are kind of learning is that the gates of hell might prevail against your entertainment venue. Yes. You know, the gates of hell might pr prevail against your just your, your, your program that you put on. Yep. You think? Gates of hell are going to prevail against um, your social, your job as a social director for um, adolescents. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, th and I think a lot of churches are realizing that the metrics that they have been judged, their, their leaders have been judged on is that's what they have been set up to do. And in reality, you aren't leading a student ministry. You are filling a calendar commitment. Yep. Just the same as the manager at American Eagle puts employees as a, as a time to realize um, that even though we have a lot of technological tools right now, man, now's the time to get now's the time to get super basic and super gritty. We there's a tendency to want to try something that's new, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, this is when you just go back to like old school 101, like. You know, as Ecclesiastes, there is, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. You know, like, like, and I get it. We all want to be innovative, but now's, now's, now's the time to use the tools. Um, it, it's been interesting. You know, I've been watching how churches have reacted to this and like, you know, Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church and their program, you know, the one pivot they made was to virtual children's programming. Yeah. But they were ready for that because that was something they were trying to figure out already. Yep. And a lot of churches have kind of uh, excused the analogy, but they've been caught with their pants down in this season. Yes. They weren't ready. No. You know, they weren't ready nope. to serve and to lead. And I know there's like a lot of politics around this that, you know, the government shouldn't be sh shutting down the church. You know, right. our homes are, we're taking ownership 
in faith again, right? Right. You know, like there's a lot of parents that have worshipped with their kids for the first time in a long time, you know, and they've they've had to have because you're not there and you literally can't be there. Right. The parents have taken responsibility for the spiritual stewardship of their families again. Praise God. You know, and for so long in student ministry, we've carried that for them. Yep. Almost to the detriment of their growth. Um, go look to see where your college kids from four years ago, or where the, what are they doing now? Yep. Um, yeah. And you know, like everybody, you know, like, us in youth ministry and even kids ministry, like we bear that responsibility. Like we've created that culture. Yep. That's, that's, that's the beast we've created. And, it you know, is. now's, now's the time to really get super relational, you know, and you, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, how do you, how do you handle this and how do you judge the matrix? I remember the first thing I did when I was in student ministry was besides calling every guy that I could find in the, in the phone book and just getting their advice. You know, and I remember asking Young Life the first time I said, it's about earning the right to be heard. You know, it's about earning the right for the, for, to be heard in the lives of students. And a lot of us have never had to do that with students. Yeah. Their parents just make them show up Wednesday at seven because you live in sweet tea country. And that's what you do on Wednesday or Sunday. Or um, if you're like, if your church was like my church growing up, that's what you do on Wednesday, Sunday, Saturday for visitation. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and for the first time in a long time in America, the church has left the building. But what can God do through this in student ministry is remind us that it's time for the church to leave the building again. Yep. That it's time to, um, man, I love your discipleship program that you've created for churches where you get kids out of the building yep. and, and realize that it's not about being in the building. Like, it's not about the meeting. It's not about the meeting, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and maybe some of y'all ought to be bold enough instead of doing that first meeting to meet somewhere else and remind them like the, the, the gospel's relevance didn't change because of a virus. Oh, right. Um, you know, like, and I think that, that, man, a lot of us are scared right now. I get it. But I'm also know that, you know, God has, does have it all under control and that, you know, that this is going to be a season that um, I'm in the middle of writing an article for, for a publication right now. And I've just been looking throughout history about how every time that we've had a, something like this, how massive growth and opportunity has come out of it every time. Yeah. Whether it's out of the plague, how the Renaissance came about, whether it's how out of the Great Depression, um, innovation happened in our country or um, I was just watching one, one of my favorite docu-series um, is The Men Who Built America. And it's about the Vanderbilts. I was just re-watching that today. And I was, you know, re-watching how, you know, Vanderbilt built his whole thing out of the ashes of the Civil War. And, you know, I'm in no means saying that we we should exploit bad things. But what I am saying is out of bad things can come amazing things. We've seen that all through scripture. Yeah. You know, that the, the, the idea that God meant it for good. And that I think is what youth workers ought to be about more than anything is about being the, the, the hands and feet of God meant it for good. That we are the healing balm in Gilead. We are the ones that are on the front lines, bringing hope. And, you know, 
what does success look like in ministry? Uh, your friend and my friend, John Rogers, is a youth pastor in the great city of Madisonville, Alabama. Shout out, Madisonville. Yeah, the, the home of the trash pandas. That's right. Um, the world-renowned trash pandas. You know, I, you know, I, I watched him going, you know, he has, he has students and youth, uh, or kid, kid, children and student ministry. And he went around, you know, he had signs printed, just letting kids know they were loved and they mattered. You know, and I think, you know, we're in a culture right now where there's a lot of, a lot of people have been told the work they do isn't essential. Yeah. And I think now more than ever, student ministry is one of the most essential frontline works on the planet. You have a lot of seniors right now yep. that have lost their, the moments that every, all of us talk about from high school, 20 years from now, you know, or 20 years ago or whatever yep. where it was for us. Yep. They've missed every one of those. Yep. Um, and what excites me about those kids is they're going to get something that a lot of the millennials missed out on and that's resilience. Yeah. You know, but these, these things happen in different ways. You know, they've happened in my lifetime about every 10 years, Yeah, you know, nine 11, the downturn, this, you know, those are the last three and you know, they're all bad things and there's um, there's bad that happens in it. But you know, like that, you know, that, that, that verse that, you know, God meant it for good, that God can do good things. And I think the the good things are those of us that are called to work with the young people, that we have the power to empower them and unleash them. Because if, you know, I think sometimes we forget, we forget how powerful a student armed with hope really is. Yeah. You know, and I think, now's the time where we really you really and i get it there's a lot of frustration and there's probably some fringe kids that you just can't get connect with right now right um that's okay double down on your leader kids and pour into them because they probably can um yeah you make you make a good point there i mean look zoom hasn't nobody's going to remember your zoom meeting just like they don't remember your 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 wednesday night per se Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to remember. People are going to remember John Rogers there in Madison. And they're going to remember that. They're going to remember somebody showing up to their door and leaving a sign in their yard. They're going to remember the youth workers now that are doing graduation services. They're going to in front of kids' houses and putting on a graduation service. Yep. Six feet away. They're going to remember away, that. Ten feet away. They're putting on graduation things. And youth workers, let me encourage you with this, but also challenge you. Listen, you, you're not you're not graded on how well your zoom meeting is going. Okay. The, the metrics there have not changed. The, mm-hmm. the true biblical metric is, are you still making disciples? Uh, nobody, you're, you're, you're having to prove your value beyond the meeting. And as it always should be uh, by doing things. And hopefully you will not stop doing these things. You'll figure out ways to be interactive with kids and and stop hyping the meeting and start doing what Terry's talking about and and investing and pouring into kids not through a meeting but through those relationships and those and those grandiose gestures that kids need us all to do uh, at times is to make a big deal about their lives and make a big deal about who Jesus is and saying look this big Jesus uh, you can follow him. You can trust him. You can, you can move forward in your life regardless of what happens. 
because this Jesus is so big. And Terry, I think you just brought up uh, just a fantastic point there. I think that all flows into who's next. Yeah, it really does. I remember Doug Fields um, telling a story at one of the first youth specialties I attended, um, which was back in 1995, mm -hmm. to date myself a little bit. <laughs> um, but I remember him telling a story of like a kid that missed the prom or a kid that like missed out or had something that he couldn't go to the prom. Yeah. So he went and rented a, a U-Haul truck and decorated it up and like made a big to do about it. And you guys have the chance to do those kind of things. I feel like the world has hit a control alt delete, you know, Bill Gates has literally tried to give us all the virus. Yes. Literally like it is windows 95 all over again, people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think there's just such an opportunity for us to, to do remarkable, crazy things, to do the things um, that nobody else would be ridiculous enough to do, you know, to be the, to get dressed up in the tuxedo shirt and go pin the corsage on, 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 on your girls and your, your senior girls, you know, if, yeah. if, 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 if you were crazy like me and willing to, you know, when Goodwill opens, go get a, go get a large dress out of the section of Goodwill and go show up and mess with some of your boys yes. and give them, you know, pin a boutonniere on their t-shirt, you know, go, go show up and be there for those kids because at some point later in life, they're really going to need you. And those moments and those memories are going to be the things that you're going to be able to give them as a gift right now that may have a very, very minor um, impact in that moment, but will we'll, we'll pay dividends. Those are the stories that will be told, right? I yes. mean, we're, we're, you're, you talked earlier about telling stories and getting back to that. And really what reality, what we're doing is we're living the stories we're yes. creating yes. the narrative we're we're showing up to houses so that one day johnny who makes fart noises isn't going to remember the zoom meeting he's going to remember the youth pastor that showed up and dropped taco bell off not a sponsor dropped taco bell off yeah. at his front door and texted him and said hey uh got some bean burritos for you on the porch uh yeah. you know and that will also determine if, who's next these stories yes. you're living out youth workers will determine not what's next but who's next and that's the goal who's next right. is based on how we live the story right now yeah and it doesn't always happen in the ways that we think it should and i know some of you are listening to this and you've probably turned it out and went you know by golly, we need to be teaching the word of God. <laughs> and we should. You know? let's not, let's not, let's and we should. No one absolutely. said we shouldn't. But I love that what Bob Goff says about our faith, that we are best at our best when we leak Jesus. But the things they're going to remember are the moments that you created for them. And, you know, for yourself, man, go back and read the Gospels again. And watch the moments that Jesus created for his disciples. And I think that's what student pastors do better than anybody, is they help us see Jesus in a way um, that maybe the, 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 the grownups in big church have missed. Yeah. Um, CBS I did an amazing document, uh, docu miniseries on Jesus probably 
I, I don't remember when it came out, but I have it on VHS if that tells you anything. Because <laughs> um, I recorded it on my VCR like, like anybody should. Yeah. Um, speaking of making you sound old, <laughs> but there was a scene in the moment of where, where they were about to go in the boat with Jesus and he was about to call them. To, he was the first boat when he was calling them to, you know, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And there was this scene when Jesus was standing there with a couple of the disciples and they were just skipping rocks and laughing. And I was like, man, if I could see Jesus that way, as I read scripture yeah. again, yeah, as that Jesus that wants to build real relationships, Jesus spent three years with those guys. And that's a lot of times, that's what the time we have in our student ministries, because we move on and kids move on and they come and go. We have such a limited window to make such a major impact. Yeah. Um, but as I talk to leaders of all kinds now, on my podcast, even now, it's those youth leaders, it's the teachers, it's those people that poured into world changers that made them who they are. This, this pandemic gives us a blank canvas to create some amazing memories and some amazing moments and to maybe remind um, kids that are being forced to live in kind of a grown up world that a Jesus that loves them is still there and still sees them, you know, as, as the little kids that he designed them to be. Terry, that's a, that's a powerful thought. And, and I think that's, that's, I think you've summed it up because that's how Jesus did for us and how we also must do for others. Yeah. And that's what this time requires us to do mm -hmm. is to flesh out the gospel and to flesh out who Christ is by putting signs in yards, by doing graduation ceremonies, by getting beyond the Zoom uh, meeting and all of those things. What are some final thoughts you want to give to youth workers who, once again, may find themselves pivoting, um, you know, because they are asking what's next for them, maybe, in this mm -hmm. time and season. What do you want to talk to them about real quick and, and give them some encouragement even in this season? You know, just because God's moving you on to something new doesn't mean he's done with you. The only way we really truly see the trajectories of our lives is when we look backwards. And in those moments where, you know, the proverbial feces hits the fan, if you will. Yes. You know, like you're not going to be able to see it then because you're literally covered in it. Um, but looking back in the trajectory of my life on the thing and the places, it was always those kind of breaking moments. And those moments where I just thought, man, this can't be it. You know, yeah. this, there has to be more every today was trash day in my neighborhood. Everybody was throwing out stuff they don't need. Right. Right. You know, there was a dresser. There's been more things in our Facebook group that have been for trade today than I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, no, Karen, I don't want your bookcase. <laughs> but now's a good time to take inventory of like, where do we fit in this next season? Yeah. And the worst thing you can do for students and the worst thing you can do for your family and your marriage, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health is to stay in a position where you're miserable. Now's a great time to gracefully go if you need to. Yeah. And don't be afraid of it. And dude, I know, man, there's, there's a lot of, it's like a, it's like the new frozen song into the unknown, man. That's right. We're all, we're all jumping into an unknown season. And, you know, a lot of the things that people thought that, that was safe and guaranteed just aren't anymore. And so 
there's no better time to embrace that and to step into what whatever the opportunity that now makes possible. There's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity in front of you. And if you're in a good situation, now's a great time to double down, right? Right. And to serve and not to hide and to show up. Um and that's not me trying to this is just me trying to be real. That's right. You know, and that's the that's the best thing you can do in this situation. Um although I got fired for it, <laughs> but you know, like the 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 truth will always set you free. That's right. You know, that's from an job, old maybe from your it job. May, occasionally. It may set you, it may set you free from your job, <laughs> but for some of you, that may be the best thing that will ever happen to you. Well, Terry, yeah. I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. I want to thank you for sharing your heart, sharing your, your passion for youth workers. Now I'm going to steal something from, from hot ones, right? This mic, this mic, or this mic, tell the world what you have going on <laughs> in your life. How can people get in touch with you? How can people connect with you? Yeah, I'm, everything is on terryweaver.com. Um, all of my, my social media there. You can listen to my podcast. You can buy my book. You can send me a message. Um, it's all there, man. Terryweaver.com. Terry Weaver with a Y. And uh, I'd love to connect with you if there's anything I can do to serve you or encourage you. Well, thank you, Terry. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your encouragement. And uh, all the, uh, whether you're watching or listening, everything will be down in the show notes uh, to his, uh, to his webpage and, and all that. So if you want to reach out to Terry, please go ahead and do so and thank him for being uh, a part of the show today. And that's it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed my interview with Terry Weaver. And you will visit his website, terryweaver.com. And you will also go ahead and start today and become a motion maverick. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Turner. And then you'll be able to join the special Facebook group that I've set up for you guys. And I look forward to all the interactions that we're going to have over there. So that's it for today. And guys, if you haven't been told lately, you're doing a great job. We'll see you in the next episode.